Welcome to the Greatest Gold Podcast. This is your host, Pedro Limon, a.k.a. PD Podcast in the house. <clears throat> Damn it. Shit. Smooth. Anyways, this is episode number 33. And uh, Tata Martino has made some call-ups to the mini-cyclo. Mini-cycle. In Spanish. Uh, he's called up. Surprisingly, I'll give the list right now. Might as well. Let's just get right into this shit. Uh, Orozco. And Javier Orozco. The goalie. He hasn't been called up in a while. And he got called up. That's a surprise. Gibran Lajud. Obviously, that's good. Raul Gudiño, good. Hugo Gonzalez, good. Uh, Jair Sanchez. Edson Alvarez. Uh, Carlos Salcedo, uh, Chaca Rodriguez, uh, Ira Mier, good. Cesar Montes, Jesús Gallardo, uh, Jesús Angulo, uh, Gallito Vázquez, uh, Dueñas, Rodríguez Pineda, Guzmán, Vigón, uh, Brizuela, Pizarro, Martín, Vega, Aquino, Alvarado. Um, a lot of call-ups. I don't know why he called four goalies, and like I said, Orozco, uh, I'm scratching my head with that. Uh, Chaka Rodriguez, I'm not sure why he got called up, and Dueñas. But hey, for the most part, this is a pretty accurate call-up. Uh, you know, I was I was skeptical of Tata Martino thinking he wasn't going to call up the right guys. Because in, in 2010, when Vasco Aguirre came from Spain to Mexico to save Mexico in the eliminatories... He didn't know who to call up, and that's a Mexican coach. That was pretty much my my worry with Tata Martino. But as he came to Mexico, he's went directly to the stadiums and watched all the teams, and it looks like he didn't start in a bad place. Those are pretty much the call-ups that I would expect from uh, Turco Mohamed or something like that. The one thing I do like because uh, of Tata Martino knowing he plays that 4-3-3, I love that he called Iramier. Because that's a center back that could play out of the back. Along with Edson Alvarez, of course. And Gallito. Get that. The best Mexican number five that I've been saying the whole time. Not Marcone. Not no goddamn Molina. Even though Marcone is not eligible. Not no Molina. And I'm a Chivas fan. But not even Molina. It is Gallito. And guess what we called up? Gallito. So, Gallito got called up, and I think he's going to be playing that 4-3-3 just because of the men he called and and all the wingers that he has and stuff. So, I think he's going to be playing a 4-3-3. I can tell because of the center back, the five, and the wingers. He has a crap load of wingers. And, and multi, uh, except for Henry Martin, a multifunctional uh, nine, like uh, Vega. Oh, shit, he didn't call Pulido. Damn, I thought Pulido was there. Anyways, good call up, and it's just a mini cycle. It's a mini cycle, and that's just to get the uh, a drift, uh, a little chemistry of the team, if you will. There's no games uh, that are going to be played after this call up. I mean, there is, but not because of this call up. Uh, you know, these players are going to go back to their teams without an international game of, uh, or a fecha FIFA. You know, so I think our next game is going to be versus Chile. So you could include mo- the majority of these players. Uh, plus, or take away like eight, 
because the Europeans are going to come. So just include your Javier Hernandez, your Tecatito, your Hector Herrera, your Chucky Lozano, and put them in this list. You're going to have to get rid of some of the domestic players that are on this list. But, hey, that, that's a good enough team for me. So I can't wait to see what he does versus Chile. Like I said, I know he plays that 4-3-3. I know he plays possessional. And I can't wait to see what these guys do. So let's see what happens. Now let's move on from this real quick. And let's move on to Osvaldo Alaniz. Because he said something a couple weeks ago that I was going to say on the podcast. But I skipped last week's podcast. So I'm going to include it now. And let me just find it first. Okay. Whew. This is what Osvaldo Alaniz said. He said, when my children's children, when my grandchildren ask me, where'd you play? I'm going to say in Spain. I prefer to play in Spain than in Mexico. I was in luxury hotels and I was able to keep going with my European dream and expanding my, my profession in Europe. Roughly what he said. This is in Spanish. I'm translating to English. Now, this is the only thing I want to tell Osvaldo Alanis. I hope he does not think that his team where he's at right now currently can beat Chivas. Because they can. Matter of fact, that team would be fighting for relegation in Mexico. So do not get it twisted. What you say checks out when you're at a mid-level team. In any of the big countries in Europe, which I'm including England, Spain, I'll even throw France and Germany, and Italy. But you're at a lower level team. That does not right, really check out. It only checks out if you're in a European competition or something like that. You know, something that you could where you could play against the elite level teams. Now... Um, unless you play a Real Madrid or a Barca, those couple games that you play against them, that's all that's going to be different from from playing in, in Mexico. Because other than that, it's not really going to be like a level ahead. You see what I'm saying? And those teams are so small, the team that he's in is so small, that you can't really do anything except get beat badly. Which... That's like sort of putting uh, an amateur kid that's a boxer, let's put it this way, against a world champ. And the amateur get, kid getting his ass kicked completely. Now, did the amateur learn anything in that, in that sparring? Uh, mm, ten times out of ten, he did not learn shit. He just got his ass kicked. And see, that's what I mean with Osvaldo Alanis. You're not at a level where it's helpful anymore. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It would have been better for you to, to stay in Mexico. So when you talk about being in Europe and this and that, don't make it seem like you're at a playing at an elite level. You're playing in Europe, but you have to be more specific and say exactly where in Europe you're playing. Because anybody could play in Europe. But you have to be specific, and it's if it's not one of the one of the big teams or one of the decent teams, mid level teams, then you shouldn't talk about um, uh, Mexico like if it's nothing. See what I'm saying? Anyways, that's what I want to say on Osvaldo Alanis real quick, 
And let's move on from that. Let's talk about Chepo to Querétaro. Rafa Puente is on a, a six-game losing streak. I, I don't know if it's six-game losing streak with Querétaro, but he hasn't won in six games. So I don't know if those six are tied or losses completely. But he has not won in this torneo, in this tournament. So he's basically on, on, on his way out. Lots of rumors that Chepo has already been contacted. And he has said himself that he's just waiting for the call to get the hire to get hired. So um, the one thing that's bad about this move for Chepo is that it's funny these these Mexican teams they act like if they lose with a low level team that they should be winning. Querétaro doesn't have the players to beat everybody in the Mexican league. Yeah, they should be able to get a win or two. But don't think that you're supposed to be, I don't know who the fuck, they're supposed to be Real Madrid in here or something. No, you should have a losing record because Querétaro's Querétaro anyways. Like, where, where is it in your head that, oh, it's the coach. It's the players. You don't even got the players. So you're going to blame the coach? It's like, uh, it's funny. Every Mexican, every lower level Mexican team fires their coach. And they always fire the coach. I mean, it's them themselves that aren't investing for whatever reason, don't have the money to get good enough players, but it's not because of the coach. Majority of the time, it's always going to be because of the players. The players are the ones that play. The coach could only do so much, and all he has to be is a decent coach in Mexico. If you got good players, you're going to get some wins. But if you have a completely shit team and you have a good coach, you're just going to lose. So it's funny that Rafa Puente is on his way out. Like, who the hell does Querétaro think they are? Do they think they should be winning? Do they think they should be in first place? Where do they think they should be? Honestly. Like, it's embarrassing. And to Chapel, you're going to a team where, where you're the type of coach where you should be at better teams. So if you go to a team and lose, you're even going to sink your name even further down the totem pole in Mexico. He's already on the shit list for a lot of people. I saw the comments talking about, oh, Rafa Puente is better than Chepo. No, he's not. He's just not. He's not better than Chepo. You know, Chepo in his whole career has only won and tied. Get that through your little tiny heads. He's only won and tied. He doesn't lose. In Chivas, he left, but all he did was tie. In the selection... When he was with Mexico, all he did was tie. We couldn't stop tying. We weren't losing. So it's either wins or ties. But when you have a team that is so uh, not up to par, you could only expect to lose. So that's dangerous if Chepo goes. I would not advise him to, but hey, he's not listening to this podcast, so he doesn't give a fuck. Now let's move on from that. Let's move on to AC Milan looking for Hector Herrera. Now, this has been constant and it's been annoying because um, the Italians are really looking looking for, are rumored to be looking for uh, a lot of the Mexican players in Portugal. Uh, you know, being a Tecatito, I've heard also before. But I don't like the Italian football for, for Mexican players. For one simple fact, there hasn't been one Mexican player to do good in Italy. I mean, I think there's only been, what, two that played there? Three? Carlos Salcedo, Rafa Marquez, and uh, who the hell was the other one? And Layun. So, to go to, to a league where we're not known, not like we, we ourselves, but Mexican players aren't, aren't don't do well, why would you go there? 
I mean, Hector Herrera could play anywhere in the world, but I think the English league suits him because it's more a dynamic game, and he's a dynamic player, so it would fit him just perfectly. I'd rather see him in England. Um, and now let's switch off from Hector Herrera to uh, Napoli looking for Chucky Lozano. Same thing. I think Chucky could play anywhere in the world, but same thing. He's a, a fast player, and I would like to see him in a fast league, so I would like to see him in England. Not Spain, really. I mean, I like that in Spain where um, we're um, we're given the chance in Spain. I love that, but I think in England it, it's uh, it's more of a it, it just suits more the Mexican player because I've always wondered what what does the Mexican player have more? Is he more dynamic or is he more a, a possessional technical player? And I think it's a mix between the two, but if if I specifically if I had to say Hector Herrera, I think he's a more dynamic player than he is possessional. Uh, and Chucky Lozano is more of a fast player than he is a player that you know uh, pauses, looks for the looks to slow down the game. So I would just like to see him in England, just because of those two things. So let's see what happens with those two players. Like I said, rumors continue, and they're gonna keep on continuing because they're both doing good. So let's see what happens. All we could do is wait. Now, let's move on to Diego Lainez uh, being called up to the Europa League game on Thursday versus Rennes of France. And I think it's an elimination game. I think that's the first time he plays in the Europa League. So that's going to be big. You know, he's played in, in the Spanish League already. He's played a game. He's already played a Copa del Rey, and now he's going to get an Europa. So hopefully he sees some minutes and then see what he, what this kid could do. Now, the one thing I've seen from Diego Linus is you could tell that he rushed the, the process because the difference between Spanish football and Mexican football is not in the technical ability, is not in the dynamic ability, not the tempo of the game, because they were saying that in the in the, in the broadcast. Oh, over here, they're... they're, they're, they're um, it's more dynamic than Mexico. It's another pace. It's not really the pace. Uh, the Mexican football is played at a similar pace, or even faster, you could say. Uh, not the pace, but the strength. <laughs> That's the one thing these players have on them, is not only are they as as dynamic as a Mexican player, or as the Mexican football, as technical as the Mexican football, but on top of that, they're stronger, though, and that's what puts them a, a notch above. The strength, because when I saw uh, Linus get pressured and get body to body, he lost on every single play. And you, you saw him trying to adjust, trying to trying to hold up the ball or making it go through his legs so he could sort of spin around and outrun the, 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 the defender. So I see Diego trying to adjust, and for more than in Mexico, he was strong and he was able to hold up. You see that in Spain, he's not. He's getting pushed over. You know, see that that's when that's what lets you know that there's levels to this shit. And I'm just talking in terms of strength, the characteristic of strength and fortitude. You see that in Mexico, Linus wasn't being pushed down. He was able to hold up. In Spain he's not. <laughs> so that's what lets you know uh who's who. You know, like I said, the commentators were were the broadcasters were trying to specify exactly what it was why Linus couldn't hold up. But it wasn't the, the tempo of the game. It wasn't that. Because Linus saw them coming and pressuring pressuring him. 
he saw the whole thing. It was just he couldn't hold up physically. He couldn't stop, stick his ass out, get low to the ground, spin around, hold the ball up. He couldn't do that. He was getting pushed right over. So Linus needs to work on his uh, on on his physique, you know. And that's one thing that we saw when Hernandez went to Europe, uh, which was also noticeable. And and that's where you could see that Linus skipped a couple processes. And the one thing, if if Linus would have went to Ajax instead of Real Betis, he wouldn't have a little bit of opportunities uh, in the attacking third. He, Ajax would have the ball the whole game, so Diego would be able to, to mess around a little bit more offensively. Where here, he has to work a little bit more defensively and then work himself up. So, uh, honestly, I think that was a mistake to go to Abeltis. Not that it was a mistake. It's not a mistake. But it, it would he would have adjusted better in, in Holland, and he would have been able to get a, a good amount of, of time in for his, his body to build up. Instead of being thrown directly into the lion's den, where he has to learn on the fly that it's a physical league, and he has to try to adapt in the weight room, because that's what's gonna have have to happen. You know, if you look at uh, Leo Messi uh, side by side by Linus, and I'm just talking about height, um, they're roughly the same height. I think uh, Lionel is like an inch, two inch taller, but roughly the same height. Uh, difference, I know once. Uh, 19, one's uh, way older, but uh, Leo at his young age was already physically uh, not imposing, but he was physically uh, apt to to hold up in the Spanish league, where Linus is not. So that's a big difference, you know. So let's see what happens in that Europa League game. Now let's move on to week five. I'll give the results really quick. Of the Mexican League, um, Monarcas lost to Atlas two to one. America beat Querétaro two zero. León beat Cruz Azul two zero. Uh, Tijuana beat Toluca two zero. Lobos tied Pachuca one one. Martin Palermo is still uh, hasn't tasted defeat. Puebla lost to Necaxa four to one. Tigres beat Santos two one. Pumas tied Monterrey one one. And Chivas tied Veracruz zero zero. Now in that game. Uh, uh, Cardoso had just switched in the Santos game to a 5-3-2 now he switched back in this Veracruz game to a 4-4-2 difference he put Ronaldo Cisneros as a winger on the left hand side now Ronaldo Cisneros did not do anything on that left hand side and uh, Cardoso got criticized after the game because of the tie um, so I see that Cardoso is not really um, he's a coach that as soon as something doesn't work, he switches. As soon as something doesn't work, he switches. And there's not really a good reason for for it, like um, for the switch. It's just that it's not working. But see, that that's a little worrisome because you have to know that you have to you, you yourself have to analyze the game and see why it's not working or why it is working. You can't say, "Oh, the goal didn't come, and that's why it's not it's not working because the goal didn't come." You know. Put it this way, you would have to look at Ronaldo Cisneros as a winger. Did he throw any crosses? No. Did he have? Did he cut in any time? Did he shoot on goal? No. So, is he a good winger? Which, that's mostly what a winger is. 80% of what a winger is, is just that. And then the defensive work of helping the other lateral, if you will. Whatever. 
But Ronaldo Cisneros didn't do anything good in that game. And Cardoso switched him again in this next game. And he put in the other Cisneros back in his position. What I'm saying with Cardoso is that he switches he switches as soon as it's not working for him. So the game that it's not working for him, he switches. But you have to see if it's working or not. I mean, you have to analyze it a little bit deeper than that. It's just it's just not that, oh, it didn't happen, so it must not be working. I mean, it has to be a little deeper than that. You're the head coach, and if you can't analyze that, it's an embarrassment. So anyways, switching off on that Veracruz game, we should have won anyways, and we tied 0-0. Now let's move on to week six, which there were some goddamn surprises in here. Uh, Veracruz... Uh, lost to Tigres 2-0, Monterrey beat Lobos 4-0, Pachuca beat Monarcas 2-0, Necaxa and Chivas tied 3-3, Santos and Tijuana tied 1-1, Toluca Cruz Azul tied 1-1, America lost to Leon 3-0, Querétaro lost to Pumas 2-0, and Atlas lost to Puebla 2-1. Now, the surprise of the goddamn uh, week was 6 was exactly that, America losing to Leon. And um, it's it's just weird that Piojo is waiting so goddamn much to put in the players that he called for. I mean, you didn't want Henry Martin. Or you were looking for another nine. Somebody that could compete against Henry Martin. You got him. And an expensive one. And you're waiting to put him in? Like, call a spade a spade. You did it already. Put him in. Well, anyways, in this game, they were surprised. And guess who scored? Jose Juan Macias. That was the number nine that I said on the Greatest Goal podcast was the best Chivas nine of the Fuerzas Básicas. Um, you know, and he's showing to be that in, in León. Uh, I remember the first time seeing him, I said that he was better than Godínez. And he, I said he was better than, than the other nines that we had. You know, Ronaldo Cisneros and whatnot. And he's proving it in Leon. So let's see what the kid does this tournament. I think there's a, a no option to buy on his loan. And it is a loan. There's no option to buy. And he's going to come back to Chivas. And if there is an option to buy, I might be mistaken on that. Hopefully it's a high price tag. Because uh, uh, not that Chivas needed him. I don't think Chivas needs him this, this tournament. Because he's a player that's going to develop in this tournament. He's got up to a, a red hot start. And I don't think he would have been on this type of a hot start in Chivas. For one reason. Everybody's criticizing right now Alexis Vega because he's not scoring goals. But let me tell you this. How much opportunities have you seen Alex, Alexis Vega have? Have you seen him miss on goal? No, you have not. He hasn't had an opportunity. Have you seen Alan Pulido miss on goal? No, you have not. He's had a little of chances up front. What's happening right now with Chivas is they're not producing a lot in the attack. If you look at Brizuela and Cisneros, they don't throw in crosses ever. And our laterals, Ponce and Van Ranking, they go up and incorporate into the attack, but for the most part, never throwing crosses. Which, what's the point of incorporating if you're not going to throw in a cross? It's extremely ridiculous right now. Well, anyways... Chivas tied Necaxa 3-3, and I think the tie was okay. I don't think, uh, you know, Necaxa should have won. I don't think Chivas should have won. 
I think the game was was uh, was fought, and it was intense and dynamic game. But I don't think there was a, a just winner in that game. I think it was a, it was a, a a good performance on both teams, and I think that the tie is just. You know, so let's see how Chivas bounces back against Atlas in the classic, the classical. But um, that was a, a hell of a game. It was uh, Necaxa Chivas. Um, and let's see what happens with America because really, uh, uh, Piojo is, I don't know if he's ashamed of making the move, just segueing back to America, uh, but he needs to make a move already because, uh, you know, he was, he was telling the reporters, you know, really, uh, up front, you know, if we could get a number nine, why not get a number nine? Well, you got the number nine, and now you're not putting him in. I know it was the first game, and he's coming off a goddamn, uh, uh, you know, a, a transfer, and you have to get him, you know, to practice, get chemistry with the team and whatnot. But, you know, Nico's good to go. He's already played in Pumas, and I don't know if he's coming off an injury. I don't know why why the hesitation to put him in. Like, d- don't act stupid. You already had him. You might as well put him in. You know, so that was... Um, week six and i'll get back to you guys for episode number 34 of the greatest gold podcast thank you for listening and later